God, let the power of your spirit move in this place. We invite you into our midst. We know that you can do all things. In Jesus' name, we pray and let the church say amen. amen. You may be seated. I'm doing a study on the book of Ephesians, so that's what you get to hear about this morning. If you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to be talking out of that. And the last time I taught, I taught on this chapter also, uh, this book, if you will, the book of Ephesians. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, starts out, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints that are at Ephesus. So this is Paul writing to the saints, to the church that's at Ephesus. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all of our dads out there. But aren't you thankful we have a heavenly Father? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us, hallelujah, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he made us accepted in the beloved. So the first point, and I talked about this the last time that I talked about, but I just want to cover it just for a second here, is that we've been chosen. God chose us. Hallelujah. He chose us. And you think about that. That's a powerful thing to think that God has chosen us. Amen. He says, I want you. Amen. God has chosen us. And he's given us all spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places. In other words, everything that you need, God has provided it. He had this in his mind before the foundation of the world. And it talks about the predestination. And that's a predetermined church. Not that your lives are predestinated. Not that you don't have a choice. But the church is predestinated, amen? The church is going to stand. God's going to have a church, amen? The church is going to be victorious. The church sits in heavenly places, amen? The church belongs to the church. All power in heaven and earth, hallelujah, belongs to the name of Jesus and to the church through the power of his name, amen? So the great part about that is all we have to do is get into the church and stay in the church, amen? And then God can do great and mighty things in our lives. But we've been chosen. Peter said in his uh, epistle that you are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises, hallelujah, of him who hath called you. Aren't you glad God called you? I'm talking to the adult class. Some of us have been in church for a while, but aren't you glad God called you? 
sometimes we can get used to it, right? We can go through the motions, but I'm glad God called me, hallelujah, some 37 years ago, I think it is now, but I'm glad he called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Do you remember, hallelujah, when he did that? Do you, I can remember the day, it was like, boom, the light went on, hallelujah, in my mind, and I began to understand the word of God, hallelujah. God had called me, and I am so thankful for that. And it's been my desire to show forth praises unto him ever since. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the power of God that calls us out of darkness? Can we just lift our hand right now and give him some praise for that? Jesus, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Hallelujah for redemption, uh, for delivering us, oh God. Hallelujah. From the darkness of this world, bringing us into your marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're chosen. Verse 7 of Ephesians 1 is where I want to take our Bible study this morning from, and it comes from verse 7, in whom we have redemption. Hallelujah. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made up known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. Now all these things can be taken in a whole Bible study all by themselves in this, but the mystery of his will, folks, is that he has opened up this great uh, invitation into his kingdom, the inheritance into his kingdom to the Gentiles, which we are. We are the Gentiles. Unless you're a Jew, you're a Gentile. And this was the mystery that's been hid from the foundation of the world. It's like the light was turned on. The shutting of the mouth was the mystery. It means the shutting of the mouth. But now it's been made known. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word, right? And then the word was made flesh. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ was that word made flesh that spoke, hallelujah, this great gospel into existence, and it's to whosoever will, wherein he hath bounded towards us all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him that worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. In other words, God does this. He counsels with his own will. He has, our Heavenly Father has made this determination that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in, tr in Christ in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. And the third lesson that I'll be teaching at some time on this will be, the Holy Spirit is our earnest Hallelujah. Our earnest money, our down payment, if you will, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. 
of Almighty God. But in this lesson, we want to talk about what we see in verse number 7 of this Ephesians chapter 1. In whom you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The definition of redemption is to obtain the release as from captivity, the paying of a ransom. And we all know that in the natural, right? You, you uh, kidnap somebody, a rich person's uh, family member, child. We've heard those things. We've seen movies written on those things. And the, the, those that kidnap the individual, they demand a ransom. That ransom is to be paid to release that individual, that child that's been held captive. And Jesus is basically saying here that we've been held captive by sin, amen, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, we've been captive to sin, amen, but through the power of Jesus Christ, we've been redeemed, we've been released, hallelujah, the ransom has been paid, we had no ability to pay it on ourselves, it's to deliver from sin and its consequences by means of a sacrifice offered for the sinner. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the price. I owed a debt I could not pay. Amen. But Jesus Christ paid it all. Hallelujah. He made that provision. That's what redemption means. And so it says in verse 7 that through the blood, it's through the blood. We sing that song, there's power, power, wonder-working power. Amen. But we really, if we ever grasp a hold of what it all is, and we all know it through the, in the back of our minds, but the sacrificial uh, lamb that Jesus Christ was, you look in the book of Revelation, and it talks about the lamb slain. There's about 25 different verses talking about Jesus Christ as being the lamb. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 says this, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, there wasn't a ransom paid for you out of silver or gold. There wasn't a monetary thing from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now, we could go into the Old Testament and find out that that's exactly was the plan. That's what they did. They would take an actual lamb, right? It had to be one without spot, without blemish. And they would take it in and uh, sacrifice that lamb for the sins of Israel. Amen? And here we have Jesus Christ posing as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. It was John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist is there, and he preached repentance. That was his message, the turning around, the repenting, the, the going in a new direction. And John the Baptist, of course he got his name from that, is that he baptized with the washing of the water. Amen? All those things are a continuation from the Old Testament, that washing the continual use of the water to cleanse and everything. But they had to have a sacrificial lamb. But John looks up, sees Jesus coming down the road, 
and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. He didn't even realize what he was saying. It was a prophetic utterance from his mouth that he was saying, That's the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the world. He probably didn't understand all the things that were going to happen. But that's why Jesus Christ, hallelujah, went to Calvary, went to the cross. That's why he was crucified. That's why his blood, the precious blood of the Lamb was spilled, hallelujah, for the redemption of mankind. Aren't you thankful for that? It's the power of the blood. There's power there, amen? Hebrews chapter 9, and this is, goes 1 through 28. We're not going to have time to read the whole thing and to go over it. I wish I did have time, but it talks about the first covenant. And it talks about the tabernacle plan. I should have brought a picture here, but I didn't. Most of us are aware of the tabernacle of the Old Testament. It's the way they, ha they made their, their amends with God through the sacrificing of the lamb. And so they would have the altar there, and they would have the brazen labor where they would wash. And they would go into the holy place, and then there was a curtain there. And they would go beyond the curtain. Only the high priest could go on beyond the curtain once a year. And that was the holiest of holies. All right, this was the first tabernacle. And after that second veil in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 9, the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all. Hallelujah. In verse 6, now when these things were thus ordained, the priest always went into the first tabernacle, the holy place, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood. In other words, he took blood with him, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. In other words, we couldn't, an individual couldn't just walk in to the holiest of holies. Verse 9 tells us, that all that plan, the tabernacle plan in the Old Testament was a figure for the time at that time, that then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Everybody say conscience. That's the inner self, the moral compass. In other words, those sacrifices that they did, it was just going through the motion. They were being obedient to the law, doing what God had asked them to do. But as far as the inner individual, the inner self, it made no change for that. And they had to continually come year after year. And it was as if those sins were just being pushed forward and pushed forward. But the inner self, that moral compass, for the individual to actually get into the mercy seat of God, to go into the holiest of holies, was not yet available, not yet made away. In verse 10 it says, which stood only in meats and drinks, divers washing, cardinal ordinances, imposed on them until the time of reformation. This is the messianic restoration, or Christ. But Christ, being come a high priest of good things to come, 
by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, hallelujah, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Oh, hallelujah. It's by the blood. Now, we've all been used to it. We don't think about it. But that's why we don't have to bring a sacrifice into the house of God. There's not, we're not bringing lambs and different goats and all the different things and going through the different ceremonies because Christ has, made that, has paid that price. He has become the lamb, hallelujah, that was slain for each and every one of us for eternal redemption. Hallelujah. Are you thankful for that? For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth the, puring, the purifying of the flesh, it just cleansed them for the moment. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience, that inner self, that moral compass, hallelujah, that we can now, and this is kind of uh, misused in our Christian uh, world today, but we can have that personal relationship with Almighty God. Hallelujah. And I know I'm not bringing this forth the way I'm feeling it, but for us to realize that we have the ability to go boldly into the presence of Almighty God, creator of all the earth, he has the ability to give life and to take life, amen. But because of his love and because of his mercy, he provided a sacrifice. He robed himself in flesh and became our redemption sacrifice, hallelujah, that we might come boldly, that we can be free in the mind, hallelujah, in the conscience, and to realize that we have deliverance of sin, hallelujah, in our lives. Purging our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Folks, you don't have to go through the motions. You don't have to just come to church. As a matter of fact, that's not God's desire in the new covenant. For you just to show up to church, go through the motions, hear a good service. No, God wants you to, as an individual to come boldly into his presence. Hallelujah. He wants you to know that he's the ever present help in the time of need. Uh, you don't have to go to a priest to say, hey, can you take this to God? Uh, you take it to God directly. Uh, you can be bold in your request to Him. Uh, you can go in and say, God, I don't understand this. Uh, I don't know why I'm going through this. Uh, I don't know why I don't have the victory over this. You have that privilege to go boldly, hallelujah, all with confidence into the throne room of Almighty God. And not only do we have that privilege, He's desiring us to come. He's calling us to come. He's chosen us. He's predestinated the church to have the victory. Oh, aren't you thankful, hallelujah, for the goodness of God. Not that we need to come in with a cocky attitude or anything like that, but we can come in with boldness. Say, oh God, oh God, you died for my sins. 
God, you shed your blood, hallelujah, for my sins. And, oh, God, I'm come. I need you in this situation. I'm talking about the conscience sake. I'm not talking about just needing your light bill, pill, uh, light bill paid or this situation moved on at work. I'm not talking about all of the requests we make, but I'm talking about the inner conscience, the relationship that we can have with Almighty God. Hallelujah. The Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, we can come boldly into his presence. And he puts his arms around us and he says, you're my child. You're my friend. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. God is good to us. Amen. And almost all things were purged by the law. We're purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Folks, we need to realize the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And the shedding of his blood and the power. We sing about it. We talk about it. But we have to apply that to our lives. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the future, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, but then must he, for then must he have often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once... In the end of the world, once Jesus came, the end of this world, the end of this age, if you will, the messianic age, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah. So Christ was once offered, verse 28, to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin under salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Once you get your life under the blood, you can look for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he's not coming as a lamb when he comes back again. He's coming as a lion. Hallelujah. He's coming victorious. Hallelujah. He's coming back for a church that's looking for him. Church, we need to be looking for the coming of the Lord. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, I want to get it in our hearts and our minds today that what Jesus did for us, he died in our place. We deserve to die, each and every one of us. Think about it. It should be that each and every one of us needs to, should make a determination to go to a cross and die physically. Amen? But he said, I'm going to do that for you but you still have to make a determination to come to the cross. Amen? The old saying that mercy is free, but it's going to cost you everything. Mercy's free, but it's going to cost you everything. So we have this redemption through his blood, and we have this redemption, the forgiveness of sins, to redeem, in other words, the ransom was in full. He said on the cross, it is finished. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith 
in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. The propitiation of our sins. When you look that up, it actually means the lid of the ark in the temple. It's the mercy seat, hallelujah, that's there in the holiest of holies of the Old Testament. That, that mercy seat that was there that could only be approached by the, by the high priest once a year has now been made a way for each and every one of us through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. That's where the blood was put on the mercy seat and the people's sins were forgiven. When Jesus died on the cross and he said this, he said, it is finished. We know that that veil was rent in twain. Now signifying that we can all come boldly into his presence to the mercy seat of God. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? We can come into his presence. We can have the victory through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through uh, 58. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Talking about the second coming of Christ, we are going to be changed. Hallelujah. For this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall, be, shall put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin, folks, and the strength of sin was in the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As long as we're alive, we're in this flesh, right? So you're going to battle, you're going to struggle, you're going to come against things that are bigger and stronger than you are. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Hallelujah. Say, I've got the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Death has no power over you. Sin has no power over you. Jesus has already paid the price. But until that time, we have become ambassadors for Christ. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of it. And one of these days, oh, hallelujah, we're going to be changed. Temptations are going to be gone. This flesh won't have to struggle. The aches and pains of the body will be gone. Hallelujah. Jesus said it is finished. Hallelujah. The execution of the payment has been made. And the power to overcome. Hallelujah. You can overcome sin. You can overcome sin. The price has been paid by the price, by the precious love, spotless lamb of Jesus Christ. And I want to emphasize that this morning because a lot of times 
we come into the house of God beat down. We feel like we have to back up into the presence of God and say, oh God, I, have, I haven't done too good this, this week, but I want you to know that the sacrifice has already been paid. Provisions already been made. Hallelujah. And you can come boldly. He says, come boldly into my presence. That's what he's here for. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want you to know today that if you feel like there's a stronghold in your life, Jesus Christ died to pull down that stronghold. All you got to do is get under the blood, claim the blood, hallelujah, pick up your cross, go to Calvary, and get under the power of the blood. The work's already been dead, hallelujah, but the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The conscience, remember? This inward individual, this person that we are. We have the victory, hallelujah, to live under the power of the Prince of Peace, hallelujah. He's given us peace of mind to know that the price has been paid. We're not perfect. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. But the work has already been done. Bringing into captivity, oh hallelujah, every thought under the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. I read that not too long ago, several years now, and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm far away from God. How in the world? Every thought unto the obedience of God, and I begin to look into that, and, and God begin to deal with me and said that every thought, we can bring every thought into the obedience to Christ, but you know what our problem is? We're taking in too much junk from the world. We're ingesting too much junk, too many images from the world. When we begin to push ourselves away from this world and to realize that we might be in the world, but we're not of the world, we can gain control of our thoughts the inner conscience, hallelujah, can have that perfect relationship with Almighty God, hallelujah. He will help you. He will help you. You can go to him and say, oh God, I'm struggling in this area. Oh God, help me, I pray. And God in his grace and his mercy comes into our midst, hallelujah, to help us overcome. Have a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Hallelujah. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Aren't you glad you're not what you used to be? Hallelujah. I realize we got ways to go to, to be better than what we are, but I want us to understand we're not what we used to be. We're new creatures in Jesus Christ. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us. That's to change mutually. When there's a reconciliation, that's between both parties. Amen. He's reconciled us to us, uh, to us by himself, by Jesus Christ, 
and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. So he's saying this mutual agreement, it's there, the power's there, but you got to agree with it. You've got to latch hold of this. You've got to reach out and say, yes, I'm going to be a Christian. Yes, I'm going to follow after Jesus Christ. And that's when he gives us the power, this reconciliation unto God, Almighty God. And he said, we have that ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So that's what the church needs to be doing. We need to be reaching out to those and saying, hey, you can be reconciled to God. Hey, God's mercy and grace are, are ready for you to receive. Amen? Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. God looks down of us, at us and the church, and that's the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Not that we're perfect, but that we're forgiven. Amen. That we get it under the blood. That we keep going into the throne room of grace and saying, Oh God, let this relationship between us grow. To continue to be reconciled. Mark 15, 38. And the Bible says that the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. I've already said this, but let us come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can find the mercy. God wants us to come in and find mercy and grace. And that's the third part of this verse of, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Redemption through the blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. This brings us to the mercy and the grace of God. Grace, by definition, is the divine influence upon the heart. That's the grace of God reaching into the heart, changing the conscience, setting us at peace with him. Amen? And mercy is just simply God's compassion for man. The mercy simply means we don't get what we deserve. That's the mercy of God. Ephesians 2, and we don't have time to read this all, but in chapter 2, he says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses, which are side slips and sins. He hath quickened we were dead in side slips. Anybody had a side slip in your walk with God? We all have. But he's quickened us. He's brought us to life. We're in times past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He says, but God, in verse 4, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. It's the grace of God, folks, in our lives. Verse 8, for by grace are ye saved through faith. So if grace is activated by our faith. We have to act upon that uh, 
grace that's set out there. We have to accept it. We have to apply it to our lives. We're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, who, were, who you sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, we were, we were afar off from God. There was no hope for us, it goes on to say, that we were far off from God with no hope, but were made nigh unto him through the blood and the grace and the mercy of God. Amen? It says, now therefore, in verse 19, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens, hallelujah, with the saints and with the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. It's the mercy of God, the grace of God. Psalms 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Proverbs 3 and verse number 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Mercy is there, truth is there, but you have to reach out to it. You've got to receive it. Don't let, them, don't let it forsake thee. Don't let it pass you by. Oh my goodness, we had to get our lives under the blood. Bind them about thy neck. Write them on the table of thy heart. Not on the, not on the wall, not on the stone, but in the heart, the conscience, the individual within us. Hallelujah. It's the dispensation of grace. In Ephesians 3, 2, it says, If ye have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which is given me to you word. He said, God's given me this dispensation of grace to give to you. Amen. And dispensation simply means stewardship. Stewardship. And what I'm pointing out here today is that you know, it says that we're not saved by our works, but we're saved by the grace of God. But the dispensation of grace, this time of the Gentiles, if you will, at the, from the time that Christ said it is finished, the veil was rent in the temple, until now, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ the second time, is this dispensation of grace. This period of time of the Gentiles, where it's open to whosoever will. And we need to be careful that we don't forsake it. We don't let it pass us by. Amen. We need to grasp a hold of it. And this dispensation simply means stewardship. And it uses this uh, same word in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. And he said also, he's telling his disciples a little parable. There was a certain rich man which had a steward. The same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. 
folks, we have this great gift, this great dispensation of grace that has been handed to us. But there's going to come a day where we're going to give an account. It's not a license to sin. It's not a license to do whatever we want to do and then just say, oh, God's merciful and he's graceful. No, it means, this dispensation means stewardship. How are you handling this grace of God? It's there. It's free. He'll forgive you. But oh my goodness, we've got to realize that we are going to give and an account of our stewardship for this dispensation of grace. But he's made all the provisions for us. Hallelujah. The accountability comes with grace. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully, that we, after that we have received knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But a, a certain fearful looking for of judgment fiery indignation that shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witness. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite under the spirit of grace. For we know that for we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. If we sin willfully, and this is what I want to hit home with today, we have this great gift of grace and mercy that's extended to us. But if we just sin willfully, after that we've received knowledge of it, there's no more sacrifice. There's nothing else coming. It doesn't mean if you failed and you sinned that you can't find your way back to God. That's not what it's saying. It's saying there's nothing else left, okay? This is it. This is the dispensation of the end of the age. Jesus Christ, God himself, robed himself in flesh, became our supreme sacrifice. He's paid the price, but there's going to be an accountability of what we have done with this great, great, uh, with this great grace. There's not another... There's not another lamb coming, in other words. This is it. Once your life is over, you're going to give an accountability of what you did with this great gift that he has given unto us. Amen. Jesus sat at meat with the Pharisees. And they saw he sat with publicans and sinners. And they said, why eat if you're master with publican and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said to them, they that be whole need not a physician but they that are weak. And he tells his Pharisees, he says, go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. Good news for us. Hallelujah. His mercy overrides all the sacrifice. We couldn't pay the price. His mercy, he's come to seek and to save each and every one of us. But we have to be careful 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. Jesus wants to get into each and every one of our hearts. Jesus will help us to overcome sin. So the redemption we have being set free Hallelujah, by the blood of Jesus Christ, 
the forgiveness of sin and the grace of God. Aren't you thankful for that? But make no mistake, there's coming a day of reckoning and accountability of what we've done with it. We have all the power, all the provisions there for us, folks. And he even seals us in Hebrew, or Ephesians 1.13, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed, hallelujah, with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit that we have, the evidence of God in us, hallelujah. That's the mystery. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, that we can override sin, be victorious, and live for God. Amen. Aren't you thankful for what God has done in his provision, the redemption power of God? Amen. Let's all stand this morning and worship this morning with the praise team.